Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. Sup. Also with me, Kid Presentable. Hey, Finally, also joining me, DJ, <laughs> DJ Clap Your Hands. That, Z. I knew Mike would give me that. Thank you. Lavender Gooms here for you, folks. I'm waiting for Mike to just one day tell me, I wrote this psych, you know, reference now for, it is almost, it is over eight years. You know, maybe he goes with a different one instead of Lavender Gooms, which if anybody ever wondered, that's where Mike's name came from, the show Psych. And you should watch Psych. Good show. Like, like which one? Like Long Branch Penny Whistle? That one's Holla a good back. one. Hello, that gotcha. I like Tan, personally. <laughs> Just go by Tan. <laughs> yeah, but that means someone else has to be black. Mark? <laughs> There we Wait, go. What? I have to say something racist? Is that all I can No, you're gonna, yeah, we got to say, this is black and tan, and then Mark has to go, I'm black, he's tan. Yo, boy. I'm not comfortable with this. This, this whole episode is just going to be, could be me and Mike making soft for psych references and all of the viewers we have. Well, I like how we, we have one black guy, two tan people, and I'm the one that has to say black guy. <laughs> so, so Mark, if you ever watch the episode, you'll get why you would be black and I'm tan. Yeah. I'm sure I saw it. It's just like everyone else. It's been a decade, so I don't remember these obscure. That being said, Psych the movie two comes out soon. If it has not already come out, I remember I saw a poster. First movie? Yeah, that movie wasn't I, bad. First one. I gotta say that was a lot of faith Bobby had that I would remember the end. To MC, clap your hands. Oh, I said DJ. I messed it up too. Oh well. I like Methuselah honeysuckle personally. That's a good one. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for Mike in the middle of the podcast just to say you hear about Pluto. It's messed up. Hey, uh, all you listeners who are not psych watchers like myself, um, that was a whole lot of nonsense we just started with. You know, we can talk about Trader Joe's instead if you want. But anyway, let's get into it. First of all, Super Bowl was yesterday. Not going to congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs with their racist ass mascot. But that's it. I will congratulate the uh, Bobby. I, like our uh, guy in the White House, would like to congratulate the great state of Kansas, who did nothing and participated in no way whatsoever in the events of yesterday. All right, hold on, hold on. In fairness to our great president, I mean, there is a Kansas City, Kansas, and as I told people at work today, if you get going on a brisk jog while you're in Kansas City, Missouri, you'll end up in Kansas City, Kansas. That's all I'm saying. When uh, they were showing that little bar for uh, our leader, when they were doing that, they were showing that big like it looked like a place everybody was standing out in Kansas City watching the game. I was gonna text my friend Sal and be because we've been there, and I was gonna be like, "Remember we went there? There was nobody there in that whole city. It felt like nobody was in Kansas City." Um, anyway. Um, let's get into some fights because a guy who's really good at them is fighting this Saturday. The arguably the greatest of all time, say arguably, because we all know the answer to that is George St. Pierre, but the other guy, John Jones fighting this Saturday, Stefan making a look at my face, looking at, making a look at me right now. I was waiting for, um, GSP two titles. Um, let's, uh, John Jones fighting this Saturday and, um, 
Antonia, Valentina Shevchenko is fighting this Saturday, and her division, Stefan, is? Uh, I don't know. What's the best adjective here? The one you uh, gave me earlier um, today was right. <laughs> he, he, I'm, I'm blanking. You, you tell me. Well, what did I say, Bob? Uh, I, don't, I was hoping you had it, too. I thought you just said it was garbage or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, I said or non Or you said non-existent. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It doesn't like... exist. That might have been it. <laughs> 125 doesn't make 145. Uh, actually, 145 makes 125 look stacked. Um, yeah, Valentina Shevchenko is going to baptize uh, Caitlin Chukasian. Mark and I already have a side bet going. Um, it's basically, we're going to start setting a string of uh, how many minus, consecutive minus 1,000 and up betting odds can Valentina get, where she is just the overwhelming favorite. Who did um, she how many fights in a row? Who did she beat up last time? Was it Liz? Yes. And she had a loss against Liz. Let me look Correct. at what she, let me what we got going on here. Against Liz last time, she was only minus 600. Against Jessica I, who Ch Caitlin Chukasian couldn't beat, um, she ended at minus 1700. Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about that. There's some heavyweight fights in there. There's a heavyweight fight in there that makes no sense. Um, got some young guys fighting. We'll get into that shortly. Um, there's no, uh, there was no fights this past weekend. I mean, I know 1FC tried to do something. But none of us watch that. Um, but I, if you're interested in watching uh, former UFC fighter Clay uh, Collard, uh, who was brought in to get beat up by a boxing prospect, um, he decided that wasn't going to way that wasn't the way that shit was going to go down, and he knocked a dude out in the second round. And you can find this on YouTube, and it's really fun because it's a boxing, uh, you know, squash match basically, they, a prospect fight. So the announcers are really no-selling the fact that Clay is punching this dude right in the fucking face for the first, like, minute of this fight. <laughs> so, what, what was the fight on? Was it a DAZN thing? Or I, well, I saw it on YouTube, thing? to be honest. Everybody was talking about, like, this, because nothing was going on. And it was just like, hey, if you want to watch a guy get beat up, Clay Collar beats this dude up in the second mm. round, puts him away. Um. Anyway, um, the other only real news we got this week, Marcus, is it sounds like we're getting Jorge Masvidal. Versus Kamaru Usman in July because Usman got a broken hand or something. I don't know. He's got some cast mm -hmm. on. And I think I what I told you was, what the fuck's the point of this? It's in July. Masvidal could probably fight somebody else in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the, the lost annals of our episode a couple weeks ago, we all kind of came to the conclusion that Connor's next fight would make the more sense, most sense against Jorge Masvidal. That just seemed to be the big money fight. That just seemed to be what the fans wanted. Um, Usman and uh, Masvidal, I, it, it's still compelling to me to a certain degree. I just have a hard time getting excited for anyone fighting against Usman just because his wrestling game is so strong that I think he's going to have the edge there and, and potentially you know, win the fight there. But, you know, uh, Jorge, when you really look at his losses, and he's fought some decent wrestlers like Gilbert Melendez, you know, he doesn't really get outgrappled. He just gets outworked slightly in extremely razor close decisions and since she's made this turn to just knock people out he's done a lot better you know, so you know what, Mary be more compelling than we think right now i, I pick masvidal fuck it the way he's fighting with such confidence because i've always thought that was a problem with jorge where he had all the tools and i'd get the fight with start and i'd be like what are you kind of like when he fought gill i remember i'm like you're just kind of standing there jorge like mm -hmm. you're you're not getting anything off here and gill it, it was just like not gill being gill gill was just like i'm gonna put this in cruise control and win this shit so I don't know. Usman's yeah. awesome, though. Um, the uh, I saw um, that uh, Colby Covington was calling for a rematch, and he said his jaw wasn't broken. So those of you who wanted to give him begrudging respect for that, no need. Not necessary. 
Um, he said he would only fight Usman or another big money fight, or he will never fight again. So chances are we're not seeing him for a while. Um, so that Kiesa call-out, probably not going to happen. Does he think he's like a Nate Diaz in this sport? What's wrong with him? I think if Donald Trump doesn't get reelected, we're never going to see Colby Covington fight ever again, <laughs> to be honest. No, he said that he wants to buy 50 Cent, and he'd put up a million dollars that he doesn't have. So, I mean, Mark and I were discussing this earlier. Steph, do you think Colby Covington finishes 50 Cent? <laughs> um, 50 Cent gasses real quick and gets tapped. Yeah. Let's. I like to be pejorative here, but the fuck is Fifty Cent? Like, Nine bullets think, couldn't stop Fifty Cent. <laughs> I think Fifty Cent has the type of physique that we like to call a beach body. That thing will fill up. Isn't he like forty-five years old like too? Three minutes in, and oh, also he's old. Yeah, he's old as dirt. <laughs> Eminem's like forty-five. I mean, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a Fifty Cent fan. I'm not gonna blow fake smoke up his ass and top this guy. And it's not like he got shot nine times and then beat the guy in an MMA fight. He got shot nine times. Had to go to the hospital for critical. You know injuries. what? I, mean, I think like if Colby, if Colby Covington, Covington can't finish him, uh, Fifty Cent should be announced the winner. I think if you cannot beat up a 45-year-old rapper and finish him, the other guys won the fight. Oh, All you right? had that holy beatdown episode where uh, Jake Shields. <laughs> yes. Uh, this episode. <laughs> That's exactly what that I want. That fight becomes a lot more compelling then. Um... But yeah, if anybody was curious if a character had worn off at all, he said Mark Goddard, Goddard never deserves to fight another in the wrestler, uh, never deserves to ref another fight in the UFC. Wow, so all of, we're all over here saying Goddard's the new best referee. Colby has taken the other stance. Well, so. I, I'm sorry. I know that fight was a bit ago at this point, but I don't remember there being like a big thing about that Kobe won the fight, right? Like there was not a big contingent saying that he won. Well, I mean, he lost the fight. He was losing. He, I think he was down 3-1 already. On two scorecards, but someone had it two two. But then in the, the fifth round, he got his ass kicked. So even if he somehow survived, here we are. Yeah, I think anyway. he's mostly complaining that Goddard made some calls that he didn't agree with. Which, when you're a fighter in there, yeah, there's going to be calls you don't agree with. I don't think there was anything egregious. Yes. I think Bob, like his biggest complaint was like some illegal blows at the flurry at the end. Which, I mean, it's just and we talked about it at the office. Like that's just there's no referee that's going to get that right because if someone's seriously hurt and they you know try to finish the fight and have a flurry of blows and a couple of those are illegal for the referee to stop the fight at that point, I, give the other I, guy. I mean, time they have to, to be intentional just, shots to the back of the head too, and I don't think you can view it as intentional yeah. when the other guy is just moving his fucking dome. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. So I mean, look, he's just looking for you know, headlines. So, uh, and he got one. Yeah, and I think he'll. Uh, I think he should fight Kiesa, honestly. If he's real serious about still being like a contender, that seems I don't like know a fight why he wouldn't want to take that fight. I think it's a winnable fight for him. So he's re he only has the one loss, right, or something, right? This is it, right? I think he might have lost another. Was he undefeated in Usman? I, I think remember. I think Usman wasn't on. I think Usman had an early. They had loss. the same record. They had, oh, you know, remember they had the same record. They both had an early loss. Okay, well they he has no... all the same guys. That's well, true. I remember the last three opponents were exactly the same. I think that's a good fight for him, man. I think it'd be kind of entertaining too, the way they both scramble. It might be interesting, but if the kid wants to just yell and yell into the wind and talk about fighting rappers, good for him. So, um, all right, John Jones, the greatest light heavyweight to ever do it. Uh, uh, Stefan and many others would tell you the greatest to ever do it. Coming off a fight, guys, where quite frankly, Steph, I don't think he looked great, and the other guy had no ligaments when it was over. If we're not mistaken, that's the last one, right? With uh, yes, that was uh, Mr. Thor. Yeah, and I think I told Mark uh, I thought that Jones is going to win this fight and style on Reyes, but whatever the 2020 version of John Jones styling and somebody is. Because I don't think this kid has a chance. Um, let's just get into it. 
uh, Reyes came and coming into this fight, guys. I think he last knocked out Weidman, if I'm not mistaken. Broken old man Weidman. Yeah. Um, and John Jones said, uh, they asked me if I want to fight uh, Corey Anderson or Weidman, or not Weidman, or uh, Dominic Reyes. And John Jones said, uh, one of them is capable of knocking somebody out. So I went with Reyes because I thought it was a more dangerous fight. And Corey Anderson could probably complain, but he got his first knockout in like eight years. That last fight he got. So uh, here we are. 12-0, Dominic Reyes. Um, has never fought anybody on the same, like, within three levels of John Jones, quite frankly. Uh, John Jones with that only that one loss, which really wasn't a loss. Um, back at UFC on, I want to say maybe versus. It sounds like it was back in those days. When he uh, took on, um, who the fuck was it? The Hammer. Hammer Hamill. Hammer Hamill. It's my bad. Poor Matt Hamill. Biggest win ever. I'm degrading. He had a movie made about his life, Bobby. Respect the man. That's fair. Um, did, that, did that movie end with his triumphant victory over John Jones? I think it ended with him just getting to the UFC. He got thrown to the ground. I can't continue. Victory. Some, there was someone in that movie I recognized, too. Who was in the Matt Hamill movie? None of us saw this, though. That's the... Uh, that's not, yeah. I was uh, who the fuck? Uh, the hammer. Here we go. I want to know. There was some, some, someone in there. The big. Uh, come on, help me out here, internet. All right, never mind. Totally wrong. Anyway, um, Rich Franklin. There you go. Rich Franklin is in the movie. John Jones is a massive favorite, right, Steph? Let's just be honest here. Uh, he's coming in at minus four fifty. Uh, I wouldn't use the word massive because we have another fighter to talk about on this card, but coming in at four fifty to um, Dominic Reyes's plus three sixty. And John Jones, I want to see what he historically what we got. He's minus four fifty right now. He ended up minus uh, ended up at minus eight. He ended up at minus seven hundred against Izzy against. I'm sorry, against Santos. Minus nine hundred against Anthony Smith. Seems like a lot of money comes in late on Jones anyway, but this looks like it's going to be one of the more reasonable betting lines that we've seen from John Jones in about 10 years. Um, yeah, I got John Jones, and I don't think any of you guys don't. So unless someone wants to pick against this guy, I'm just curious. Does any, I mean, this isn't part of the picks. Does anybody think that Jones is getting a finish, or, is that, or do we think that this is going to uh, go into decision? I'm going to go with you, Mark. Um, I mean, it, it it's really tough to say. I think when Jones feels the pressure and, it, you know, if he gets in trouble in this fight, that, ten, that tends to be where he really turns it on and gets these guys out of there. Otherwise, if he's not feeling that threat, he does tend to linger and let these guys kind of stick around. And, you know, so really, I think a lot of it more depends on how Dominic Reyes approaches this fight. I think the way to beat John Jones, you know, is kind of out there. You need to get in his face. You need to control the space. You need to control the pace. Um, and those are things that, not only does John Jones do really well, everyone at Winkle John has a very good knack of controlling space and controlling the pace of the fight. And what I like about Dominic Reyes is his last win against uh, Chris Weidman. It wasn't just that he finished him with a you know beautiful left straight. It's how he did it going back up. You know When Weidman was pressuring him, he threw a nice right straight while he was backing up and knocked him out, which is a difficult punch to, uh, to pull off. It's a great trump card to have in your back pocket to be able to, to utilize that. Um, but John Jones is, is, like you said, is a completely different beast. He hasn't fought anyone of the stature of him. If he's going to get, if he's going to get the W here, it's going to be standing. It's going to be in the boxing. Um, and I do like Ray's mentality going into this fight. You know, he doesn't seem shook by John Jones, but like we talked about in his last couple opponents, they also came in with a lot of confidence, especially when I think about Anthony, um, Smith, who is very confident that like, oh, I'm going to get in his face and do it. 
and the reality is when you get in front of John Jones, and you're like, okay, I have a lot of distance to cover here, and this dude's doing these weird little front kicks to my knee. It's really hampering me controlling the distance. It becomes a much more difficult challenge. So um, I think obviously Dominic Reyes has a huge, you know, mountain to to climb here to get a victory. Um, pretty much, you know, unforeseeable that he's going to be able to pull it off. But I like some of the X factors he has. He's tall. He uses his hands really well. He's confident. These are things that he, you have to have to be successful. That last one, it, that last one is the most important thing when you're going for a title fight. You got to believe. You, I mean, if I don't, I mean, you have to at least believe you're going to win. Like yeah. that's going to. I mean, be I don't think Dominic Reyes is going to do it. I think if he's even, unless I mean, the only way I think he beats John's if he hits a a one shot clean knockout. He won and done. I think if he hurts John and John's able to recover. He can start utilizing his great skill sets, which he doesn't, which is his wrestling and his top game. I was going to say, that's every John Jones fight. I'm just sitting there like, when are you going to put this guy in his ass and start elbowing him? What are we doing, John? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> unfortunate that he's been utilizing his weakest tool set um, and not even really doing a great job there. Just kind of, like I said, just basically winning rounds by controlling spacing and pace. That's kind of the whole Winkle John thing. You look at Holly Holm. She's winning fights just by controlling spacing and pace. And uh, he does that, and it's just it's just unnerving because, you know, like, man, we – especially when you're watching it late at night, it's like – especially for Mike, it's like, we could have wrapped this up in 20 minutes earlier. If you would have just took this guy down, which we know you can, and elbowed the crap out of him, I don't know why we're doing this kind of like, you know, oh, I'm going to do some little low kicks here, maybe a high kick there, and I'm going to win. It's just like, dude, you're You know so when, he fought, um, when he fought Alex the second time? I got the impression John yeah. Jones is like, I'm not fucking around this time. I'm putting this dude on the ground and I'm elbowing, elbowing a fucking hole in his head. Like, yeah. so hopefully we see that John Jones. I, I don't want to see the John Jones that we're in the fifth round. He's clearly winning each round. Dominic Reyes cannot solve the puzzle and we're just going to get a decision. I like to see John Jones be a little more aggressive, especially get in the spots where he's really good, which is clinching and obviously the top game. I really want to see his top work again. I mean, Mike, I mean, first of all, I just noticed you're wearing a Hoist Gracie shirt. Let's go with that. Um, so nice for you to dress up for the podcast. We appreciate that. Um, Mark hit a lot of points right there. So I know you're picking John Jones. So let me go with you here. Is this the last time we're seeing him at 205? If he wins, man, I was actually going to bring that up that I saw that on an interview with Ariel Hawani today. He was saying that he doesn't need a tune up fight to fight Stipe. God, I want, actually, I want that fight so badly. <laughs> and that made me think, wait a second. If he's saying he doesn't need a tune up fight for Stipe and he's talking about a heavyweight. Maybe this might be his swan song at light heavyweight. So there might be a possibility that, you know, after whoever wins between Stipe and, uh, and DC, if that fight happens anytime soon. Oh, John Jones is taking that title shot from DC. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. No, no, no. <laughs> I think what John Jones wants is, I mean, if Stipe wins, he'll do it. I think by the end of this year, he may do that. But if DC wins, he is for sure doing that because he wants to take all of DC Squirrel. He wants all his candy. Um, I like Squirrel there. I've not heard that before. <laughs> I'm being honest. I can tell Mark got a big kick out of it also. It's a good one. Just one more thing. Um, just uh, piggybacking off something Mark said. I really do miss young John Jones. And by young John Jones, I mean, I doubt he has any left at, less athleticism now. But I do miss the John Jones that was... Field he started in the he UFC. He was fucking like people's the, faces up. And, and the first few title defenses where it was just, I'm getting to the ground and fuck this punch your shit. I'm going to take this goddamn elbow and just drive it through your, your, you your know, eyeball. Mike, there was a thing I saw earlier this day on MMA fighting and they were trying to put like a, like a, 
they put a little video package together and they said, Do you know where you were when John Jones won the belt in 2011? And I'm like, well, That's simple for us. Yeah. I was there rooting for the other guy when, with Mike when 18,000 people were rooting for John Jones to kill Shogun. And it was getting more and more depressing. <laughs> it, dude, he, didn't the fight start and John Jones hit him with a flying knee? And immediately I think I turned to you and said, like, Well, this is, this is, this isn't good. And then it was like, I forgot what round he put him away in. I want to say like, Third or fourth? You think no, second? It, was, we looked it, was, up. it wasn't that late. Well, why don't you keep talking? Yeah, because yeah, I remember at the end of it thinking like, whatever length of time this fight was, was how long John uh, Shogun was getting his ass kicked. You couldn't convince me Shogun landed any punches in that fight. It was just a barrage of knees, elbows, punches, and kicks. What was it? Shogun got his ass whipped all the way through uh, the middle of the third round. So it was a uh, 12 and a half minute beating, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it was an ass whooping. Yeah, that was uh we thought we were gonna go see Rashad and Shogun. We got that instead. Um yeah, uh Steph, you yeah. and I talk you and um, I talked about Dominic Reyes a lot. I remember early on both of us said this kid gets real tired in the third round. That oh, doesn't yeah. seem like it's gonna help him in this fight. <laughs> I've been pretty massively disappointed in him. Um, you know, this is the main event we're talking about, so of course it's gonna get a lot of shine. I wanna say, you know, Mark and Mike made great points. Uh, a lot of ones I wanted to make myself because of uh what I'm about to say next. Um, Dominic Reyes by TKO. I am not taking John Jones. Oh, um, Steph. Stefan laying the nuts on the line, giving himself 10 months to make up for bad picks after this. Good call. <laughs> you know what? We get to, we get to go on a limb early, right? Yeah, that's what you go for. Everybody go time, for it. If there's a time to be brave, it is in the first quarter. Uh, Mike's, Mike's, take, Mike's taking Chukasian next. But go ahead, Steph. <laughs> um, it's, it's no reason but a bunch of X factors. Um, you know, you were talking about the prospects. I've never believed in this guy. Of all those guys coming up at light heavyweight, I really believed in Johnny Walker. I had a lot of doubt about this guy. Uh, we saw what happened to Walker. Uh, you know, Bill Simmons talks, one of my favorite sports writers, uh, talks about all the time. It's the nobody believed in us uh, kind of factor. I think Dominic Reyes has that. I think, like Mark said, he has a confidence. He's talking like he can beat him. He's talking like he believes it. He is undefeated. Um, and Mike brought up the next point. John Jones is looking at Stipe Miocic. He's looking at that big heavyweight paycheck. You know what almost never works out? Planning ahead. That's true. You know what? I got to have this big payday ahead. Here's a big super fight that's going to go completely uninterrupted. That's just going to work out smoothly. That happens so seldom. You know, like the whole, like, you know, want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I was going like, to say, I was trying to think of that idiom just now. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> it's not a good logic, but there's just a lot of X factors. If someone's going to beat him, it's like the last one, the one that no one thinks has a chance, the no one that no, the one that no one really expects. John Jones can say he respects Dominic Reyes. He doesn't. He chose him because he doesn't. I was going to say, I don't think John Jones is saying he respects him. I think John Jones spent yeah. all of today talking about, because like, I guess Dominic Reyes said John Jones has never fought an athlete, and John Jones was like, I fought a fucking Olympian. Like, <laughs> I fought, he's like, he, he was giving DC props. He's like, DC was on two Olympic teams. What is an athlete? <laughs> I, I, you know, I hear everything you're saying. I believe the line. I understand why you thought this was going to be a clean sweep. All reasons, you know, all logic dictates it should be. But that's self, the reason. Self-belief self as a motherfucker, man. I do want to chime in. That'll be when it happens. Right. Stefan also picked Anthony Smith to win. So <laughs> yeah. That's <guys> true. <laughs> Stefan can true. be sold early on if you're not afraid of John <laughs> to Jones. To be clear, this is not a video podcast. And when I told Stefan, I said uh, GSP was the GOAT, not John Jones. Stefan made a look, uh, gave me a look on his face like Disgust. I just like. like, like I, 
disgust. It's like I was trying to convince him the earth was flat. Stefan looked at me like he almost looked around his own apartment to be like, Bobby, Where? We, bo we both know GSP should have lost to a fat man who owned a restaurant with plastic laminated menus. Okay. We all like that was a clean a over, uh, Johnny Hendricks. We know he lost that fight. Looked like a win to me. They John, held his hand up at the end. John Jones had some fire tweets yesterday about Dominic Reyes. After Dominic Reyes' comment about athletes. He just went on a list of all the people's asses he beat. Do Dominic Reyes, one of the greatest athletes in Apple Valley history. Being a big fish in a small pond for so long has really gone to his head. This one's really good. Beating up on cans has got him convinced he's a better athlete than most of the world. If he was so badass, he would have won the California State Wrestling Championships. He would have went Division One. He would have at least made a practice squad for the NFL. This man is delusional. And, uh, Jones dug deep into that Wikipedia for these. Oh, John Jones. <laughs> I, think John, I, think, I think John Jones does his homework. By the way, uh, John, uh, the whole thing where Dominic Reyes wants to wear a Kobe jersey because the kid's from L.A. And people are like, don't know it's going to be allowed because Nike makes Kobe jerseys and Reebok has an exclusive deal with the UFC is the level of late stage capitalism <laughs> that we've reached <laughs> in this situation <laughs> that I'm like, he's not going to wear it. The Reebok's going to just make a shitty Kobe shirt and make him wear that. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Um, all right. Three to one. Mike, I hope you wrote this fucking thing down. Stefan's picking Dominic Reyes. Yeah, man. Steph is making me here do extra work. I'd already had us all pinned in for all of us <laughs> on Jones. All right. Well, here we go. Caitlin Chukasian, Valentina Shevchenko. Marcus and I have a side bet here that about one of us says, Val I say Valentina's going to get a finish. Mark says no. Uh, if you watch a, a Caitlin Chukasian fight, though, chances are you'll be still watching 20 minutes later. Um, she is 12 13 and 2, two knockouts, one submission. That knockout, the last time it happened, was in March of 2016 at CFFC 57 against some lady named Stephanie Bragriarik. Um, She is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. All right, 6 and 2 in the UFC. She beat JoJo and ruined all of our plans for having JoJo at least get a title shot one day. Um, She wins by decision. She loses by decision. There's a bunch of splits in here. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko, I'm super biased, but I, Valentina Shevchenko's fucking great. Um, her record in MMA is 18 and three. She got a loss to Liz Carmouche, which she took care of that back in August. And she got two losses by decision to the greatest female fighter ever, Amanda Nunes. And those judges really should have given her the second fight. If for no other reason, we could justify a third matchup. Because that's the only fight I'm interested in watching Valentina, she only competitive fight I'm interested in watching Valentina Shevchenko in because all these other ones are her just baptizing girls. Um, she is a, what level of favorite, Stefan? As high as 14 to 1. 14 we to are, 1. Uh, in astronomical levels. Um, she is a truly complete fighter. She does not use a lot of offensive wrestling, but she's a very good defensive wrestler. And if you put her on her ass, She'll throw up submissions. Um, her striking is great. Handle Joanna Champion, no problem. Arguably the best striker in the 115-pound divisions there. Amanda Nunes runs through everybody like a knife through butter. First flight, first fight was super close. Second fight was a split. I don't think Ch Caitlin Chukasian, as good as her record is, has anything for her. I could be wrong, but she has got to win a decision because she is not finishing her. And I don't know how she's going to get a decision here. 
So I told Mark I got I think Valentina's gonna get a finish. Uh Stefan, who's your pick here? Um, no extra work for Mike on this one. Mike, you can safely just do Valentina across the board. Mike, you gonna make a mistake here? What do you got? <laughs> uh no, I will not be going out on a limb and assuring myself a loss like Steph is doing in the main event. Um, I have nothing else to add, Bobby. You hit it pretty succinctly. This lady has no chance. Um, I mean, weirder shit has happened. Mark, you're going with decision here because hell, she's tough to finish. <laughs> I mean, yeah, these these girls are just especially uh, uh, Caitlyn is really just she only gets decision. So yeah, I'm just hey, I make it fun. I, I, I'm totally. I think Valentina will know pretty early on. Like, okay, I got this in the bag. I don't need to do anything stupid. Like try to knock her out or do anything silly i can just jab her from the outside and low kick and and put my work in and get my check and i think that's what's gonna happen i remember well, that, when, that's not making it fun mark making it fun, making it fun is picking uh no, no, Bob, mike making it fun is when this fight's boring and i'm like five bucks five that, bucks. that's what that's what mark that's and i when i'm cursing and we're eating potato chips and, on my couch it, and it's one of the reverse <laughs> bets too mike i will gladly pay five dollars to see valentino cut this that's fight true. a little bit short that's a that's a price I'm willing. Yeah, I am. I'm really hoping we don't get two five round fights. Real talk. Like I would really prefer one yeah, of these that to get a tends finish. To drag. And especially if these are two five rounds, we're gonna know who's kind of in the lead pretty early on. It's just yeah. gonna be like, all right, it's rudimentary at this point. I mean, if Dominic really Reyes is putting on some sort of striking clinic in the first three rounds, I'd be like, holy shit! If either one of the challengers wins by decision, this fight will become but significantly more interesting, even if it's if, completely boring. If this yeah. fight goes the full twenty five minutes. You guys know not to say anything about the fight until midway through on Sunday because I'll have fallen asleep. That's true. Mike's not making it to the main event. This goes to the it goes to the finish, guys. It's a good point. It goes to the decision, guys. Valentina's got five wins by knockout, seven by submission, six by decision. So she wins every way you'd like her to win, basically. Yeah, pretty equally. varied record. Um, but her last fight with Liz, no finish. So, um, man, I remember when Jessica I got kicked in the head so hard we weren't sure Jessica I was gonna wake that up was for great. a while there. That was that was rough to watch. Um, third fight. What is the third fight? Juan Adams and Justin Taffa. Or yeah, Tata. this one should not be on the main card. This was this a mistake. Not, Lauren Murphy versus Andrea Lee should be on the main card. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. If we're being honest with ourselves, um, I'm not even gonna try to act like I know what I'm talking about here. Mark Mike did some research. I'm taking Juan Adams because what is he favorite at, Steph? He's a two to one favorite at about minus two forty, but this is a battle of guys who've lost their last few matches. Yeah, yeah I remember just Juan Adams talked so much shit and then let us all down getting beat up by Greg Hardy. Yeah, to, to give you guys a bit of background, this is a heavyweight fight. I watched the Justin Safa's debut fight in the UFC. He actually fought on the um Israel Adesanya card um that was in Australia and he got knocked the fuck out um moving forward really really recklessly on a on a pretty good counter punch by his opponent um i watched his previous fight before he entered the ufc to see well let's see what got him to the ufc because he was only he's only three and one at this point after that loss and yeah the fight before he entered the ufc there was no semblance of defense it was just the guy just wailing away brawling and somehow he knocked the guy out uh yeah, I saw one nice head kick for for a heavyweight in there, so you know there maybe a little something there. He is twenty six years old, three and one, six foot tall, two hundred sixty five pounds. His nickname is Justin the Badman Taffa. That is lazy. Um, Juan Adams is the his name is uh, the Kraken. 
Which... Yeah, fun fact, I told Mark about this. You see uh, the uh, Seattle uh, NHL expansion team? Uh, right. They're going with the Kraken. Seattle's, uh, you see Seattle's XFL name? They're the Dragons. Mm. I like that too, man. We're just the that, city of mythical beasts. Oh, the Seahawks sounds, not a real thing. That sounds too um, NFL Europey. I think it's just because they got Bruce Lee's grave over there, and they're like, we're just going to lean into this shit right now. Should have just called them like the Seattle Lees. They got a. Uh, we got no team, man. You guys got. A, you guys got an XFL team, right? You guys got something. New I think York. We, yeah, I think New York got one. We didn't get one. Uh, I, I don't ha- think New York has one. Maybe New Jersey does. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, they're gonna. I mean, I'm sure they call it New York. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be like this is the fucking. You know. This is you know the team from New Jersey. We got real quickly. Let's just get off course here for a moment. Um, we got the in the Western Conference, Dallas Renegades. Western Conference, Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, Los Angeles Wildcats, and Seattle Dragons. Um, man. Um, and then Bob Stoops is coaching the Dallas team. Wow. Okay. And on the Eastern Conference, the DC Defenders, the New York Guardians, which are going to play at MetLife. Um, the St. Louis Battlehawks. That's not a thing. Um, and the Tampa Bay Vipers, which, yeah. Anyway. XFL. Yeah, sorry, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm, anyway. talking about I'm, I'm talking about the XFL now. Back to this yeah, fight. We never will again. Juan Adams and Justin Topper. What the hell are we doing? Uh, um, Juan Adams, um, in his actual fight where he actually displays something and he just didn't get baptized by um, Greg Hardy, uh, displayed a bit more skill than um, Justin Safa, likely why he is um, the favorite. But I'm not going to lie to you, both of these guys are still very green, very raw. Um, it likely won't be a very aesthetically pleasing fight. We just got to take Juan Adams. Yeah, Juan Adams also. Steph, what do you got? Mike, can I say I appreciate that you dug a little deeper, uh, but can I also say we've talked way too much about this fight. uh, Well, the favorite, Juan Adams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I got the plums. I'm going to go with Justin because looking at these two (laughs) guys' face, that guy seems a lot tougher than the other guy. Mark's going with the Samoan. Here we go. (laughs) He is Samoan, right? I didn't just make that up. Hopefully. He better be. He sure as hell looks like it. I'm begging him <laughs> on it. So. Um, I, honestly, I look at this card and I'm like, I know Derek Lewis gets paid well. So I'm like, besides that, John Jones getting paid real fucking well on this one. <laughs> That's what I'm looking at. He's not splitting John, these pay-per-view buys. Yeah, Val, Val, Valentina got in getting a nice check, I'm sure. But John Jones is getting his cleaning up here. Mersad Bektik, Dan Ige. Mersad, some of the shine has worn off. He got a couple of nice losses here. Josh Emmett knocked him out. Before that, Darren Elkins appears he can't beat anybody fighting at a Team Alpha Male. Um, his record is 13 and Team and Team Alpha Male. That's his record. Um, that's what he's got going on. Dan Ige, on the other hand, just been on a bit of a tear here, folks. Four wins in a row. Um, lost his first UFC fight after coming off the Contender Series, but since then, win over Mike Santiago, decision win over Jordan Griffin, submission win over Danny Henry, and decision over Kevin Aguilar. I don't know who these fucking people are. Um, betting odds for this one, Stefan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably going to be the closest fight we pick uh, tonight. But Dan Ag is plus one fifteen to Bechtick's minus one thirty five. Almost a coin flip, but fairly even. I'm looking and seeing where this guy trains. Extreme Couture and American Kickboxing Academy, not Team Alpha Male. I'm taking uh, I'm taking Mursad Bechtick. Um, dangerously close to Team Alpha Male, American Kickboxing Academy. Yeah, um, Mursad is still good, man. I I still look at Mursad. And he's still 28 years old, and I still think, like, this guy's going to be something. Um, and he's a guy at 145 who gets finishes, which I like. 
Nine of his for 13 wins are by finish. Um, and he got a win over Ricardo Lamas just right be before the loss to Emmett. And Lamas isn't, you know, top five anymore, but that's still a big win for the kid. So I think Mursad Bektik still got it in him here. And um, I don't think he's going back-to-back losses. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm also going with Bektik. And it's mostly just the resume is a little better. You know, there's a lot more names on there that I recognize. And W is next to those names. Um, whereas Dan, a lot of his competition, I'm just not super familiar with. So I'm going with Bektik. Stefan? Um, it's a coin flip fight, so someone's got to be on the other end. I'm gonna take Dan. I no no strong reasons. Um, he he's, feels a little hot right now though, so maybe he's got something. Fair enough, Mike. What do you think on this one? Three to one on this one. All right. Um, and finally, I can't. I mean, Derek Lewis, Elar Latifi, and everybody who listens to this podcast at this point on any regularity knows that I'm Elar Latifi is one of my guys. I'm a big mark for Elar Latifi. But I don't know what happened to Elar Latifi that he decided, you know what, guys? We're going up. We're moving up in weight. Um, um, you know what? I have too much of a speed advantage here at 205. <laughs> I know I have too much of a power advantage at 205. I need to move up. He lost two fights to, like, Vulcan Ozdemir and Corey Anderson. Those are good guys, man. He's like, I mean, we have a lot, I have a lot of fun with the guy, but he's been in the UFC for, since 2013. He showed up when he was seven and two. He's fourteen and seven now. Seven and five is not bad. Um, and this seems awful. Like this seems like an awful idea. He is five foot ten. Stefan, there's no way he's five foot ten. Straight up, right? Like that is like when they say Barkley six six. This dude is as tall as you. It's right? like when in the NBA where there's a listed height with shoes and a listed <laughs> height without shoes. This is his with shoes listed height. I mean, I don't like this at all for my guy, man. He's this. I mean. I really don't like this. And I'm like, he's going to get, I think he's going to get knocked out. Cause I don't know what happens when you get knocked out by Vulcan Ozdemir that you're like, I think a man the size of Derek Lewis should hit me next. Um, unless Derek Lewis has that bad back going and Elar gets like him down on that bad back, which he employs a strategy he's never employed before. Um, Derek Lewis coming off of a split decision win over Blagoy Ivanov where he got real tired. And Stefan's still bitter. His boy Blagoy didn't win that. Blagoy <laughs> is like, that's my new favorite wet blanket. Yeah. There's always just a very boring, has to make, have the most boring outfight possible to win guy that I just get behind. Blagoy is my current one. I Boy, mean, you're from, not, like stabbed. Like, you can't kill him, yeah. you know? Like, Yeah, he's uh, Derek Lewis, 22 and 7. He's at 18 of his 22 wins by knockout. I don't like this at all. What are the odds, buddy? Um, for as ridiculous as it is in uh, my head as it is yours, Bob, the line's closer than I thought. Um, uh, Derek Lewis at minus two fifty to a plus two hundred. Ilya Latifi. I mean, if I'm Derek Lewis, I'm offended. Derek Lewis is like six foot six or something. He's huge. Now, are we just gonna assume that Ilya Latifi being so short, like, is gonna have the speed advantage? Derek Lewis is pretty slow. Like, in fair, I mean, let's be honest here. Like, he's not a fast man. But I'm just saying, I mean, Alir Latifi never struck me as Sonic the Hedgehog. Do you think do you, do you think Alir Latifi stood next to Daniel Cormier and said, man, I'm almost as tall as this guy. He was champion. Let's fucking roll with this. <laughs> um, yeah, I got Latifi. I mean, I'm sorry. I got Derek Lewis. Oh, oh, plums, Bobby, plums. I don't have the plums. You know what? If he wins, I apologize. Elar Latifi took the title of my just large, you know, potato-based diet light heavyweight guy from vladimir matyushenko and like it's just i don't like this matchup at all mark what do you think 
Uh, yeah, I got I got Derek Lewis. I, I think the the jump up to heavyweight is going to be difficult. I think you know Derek Lewis is you know about as big of a heavyweight as you're going to find in the division. Um, and then just looking at their kind of records and kind of assessing that out, you know, neither of them get knocked out all that much, but Derek Lewis knocks people out. You know, that's his main course to victory, and we've seen it go late. Three rounds might help Latifi. The only thing I could see Latifi is he is so much shorter. It, he might find it very easy to get under the hips of Derek Lewis, and if he could get some double legs and just – I mean, the other side of the coin with Derek Lewis is like, I think we all know his skill set is fairly low. He's a big guy who carries a big punch, and he can land that punch, and he has confidence to land that punch throughout the entire fight. But the skill set has never really you know, sparked much in me to think that this guy was really ever going to be much of a title contender, even though he did get there. Um, I think Latifi could potentially, you know, if he if he can get under this dude's hips and take him down, you know, successfully and, and consistently, I think that's a path of victory he might take. But he's also a guy that's big and likes to throw punches too, and I think that might be a mistake with Derek. So I'm going with Derek, but I could see Latifi doing some wrestling potentially and getting a W that way. I mean, Derek Lewis got a title shot after saying, man, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not ready for no title shot. Two months later, title shot. Stefan, what do you got here? <laughs> oh, did you already go to me? I thought you did. I don't. Um, I'm, I'm, Derek go Lewis. Ahead. Derek Lewis. Yeah. Mike, you gonna go with my guy? You know, Elarly here or not? <laughs> nah, man. It's all about the D. Mike making penis references. He needs to go to bed soon. Um, there were two yeah. other Ds that no one else wanted to pick on this card. I'm not sure it's all about the D, Mike. I was gonna say, yeah. Um, yeah, this card is not good. I mean, I mean, maybe these guys are good, and I don't know, but there's a lot of no Wikipedia page things going on here. I mean, Valentina's on this card, and the history of John Jones cards, that's a stacked co-main event. I was going to say, I mean, Valentina about to main event this thing when, you know, John Jones gives a picogram or something, handed to him at some Albuquerque diner. Um, yeah, Andre Yule isn't bad, and he's really low on this card. So, I, don't, I mean, that's the only other name I'm looking at. I think Lauren Murphy and Andrea uh, KJB Lee should be on this main card. Agreed. But then again, I'm looking at this. Like, I mean, Marcus, we're going to look at this ESPN prelim card and be like, let's just go eat. What's going to happen? It's weird. <laughs> usually the one good prelim fight is usually the main event of the prelims. It's like, okay, we're going to get everyone well, all hyped up for the fight by having a good fight. Uh, do you like have, uh, do you have, sorry, do you have, ESP, do you have Wikipedia up right now? Yeah. So they have like that other fight that says announced bouts. That's going on ESPN, right? Because there's only three bouts listed for ESPN, oh, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I only have three listed for ESPN. Yeah, so. I mean, right now there's only three listed. This is garbage. No, I mean, this is like I mean, if, that, if that if that second title fight wasn't on there, this was John Jones is a sports killer because if this fight gets canceled, type thing. That's what's you got some heavyweights. So I mean, obviously with the garbage heavyweight fight, they're just like some like these two guys will just smash into each other until one of them falls over. That will be entertaining enough. You know what? In a world where they have too many fucking fight cards. I'm looking at next weekend, and they got Corey Anderson versus Jan Blockowitz as the main event, and I'm like, that makes sense. Why isn't that on this fucking card? That's a heavy light heavyweight fight right there. And I'm assuming that's that's not a pay per view, right? No, that's yeah. In... That would be great if those two fights were on this card, and then I would be, it'd be so much happier to pay fifty, sixty bucks for that. Do you know what's good next week? I'm actually looking forward to this fight: Lando Venata versus Yancy Maderos. Not that I think Lando's particularly good, but I think it'd be a fun watch. Yeah, I agree. So. Also, just to kind of echo that point of why that fight should be on this card. I like it when there is title fight insurance on yeah, the same card. You got contenders that could conceivably be in this title shot spot there in case someone gets hurt or right sure there. get canceled. If I'm yeah. Corey Anderson right now, I make sure I'm on weight and it's a whole week before his fight. Yeah, I'm sure it's pretty close. No, but like you, you start, you don't start your weight cut two weeks out. 
right? I mean, I'm not. A, I, mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. Stuff. It's not like he's eating. Yeah, burgers I mean, I'm, by, by the way, ha half of uh, Greg Jackson's team is on this fight next week because it's in New Mexico. Like, they're half of, half of these motherfuckers are. Next week's card is way better than this. After he signs a title fight, like I'm just like Lando Yancey Madero, Jim Miller versus Scott Holtzman's on there. John Dodson's fighting on there. Fucking land. I mean, I'm Diego Sanchez is fighting the guy with all the cartwheels. That in itself is a that should be that's a crazy right fight. Yeah, I'm just saying. Anyway, um, that's it in terms of um the fights. I'm trying to see if any news has happened. And by news, I'm talking about the Iowa caucus, but uh, also MMA news. Um, yeah. All right, and let's do stuff we like. Uh, Steph, we talked about it earlier. Do you need me to remind you of your stuff you like? No, I actually got it uh, queued up because I wanted to make sure I had the right quote. Um, I took a little road trip to Southern California this weekend, so I do got some musical things I do want to talk about. But um, kind of wanted to start with a kind of fun bs -y stuff I like just because it was a story that made me laugh in the news. Um, out in the NBA land, we had uh, in the past few days all the All-Star selections were announced. But we also had the uh, participants in the Rising Star Challenge, which is... Uh, rookies and second-year players kind of get selected to kind of have a, you know, quasi-all-star game of up-and-coming talent, right? They might not really be there yet, but they show promise. Um, but the highlight this year was a player who was not selected, um, and that is 19-year-old center Jackson Hayes, who plays for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Um, a man who averages 15 minutes a game and four, uh, I think, five points and three rebounds was very insulted that he was not considered a uh, promising prospect because he went off on a bit of a tirade. Um, you know, a lot of people go on Twitter and they uh, put their foot in their mouths and then they simply delete the tweet. Uh, my man here decided he needed to record a video that he put on the internet and he had, he wanted that hard evidence. You know, he didn't want to say he was hacked. He wanted to make sure you saw his face when he said, uh, this is all I'm going to say on the subject, bro, because all you want to keep sliding up and shit and saying, oh, you should have made it. Yeah, I should have, bro, but I didn't. So, I mean, it is what it is. The NBA is a bunch of bullshit. The NBA can really suck my dick for all I care. I hope you all see this video, by the way, and find me. Yeah, find me. This shit is crazy to me, bro. I work in a fucking political league, and this is all about politics. It is what it is. He you know, apologize. when a man make, averages four points a game, it's fucking that liberal bullshit agenda. And he did can not you, make the rising can you say that again for the people? How much does he average? Uh, he averages about like five points and three rebounds a game. You know, that real top flight, can't miss prospect, future Hall of Famer stats. Let me tell you right now, if they put him in the game, I want to watch now. I was not going to watch beforehand. I am invested now. Because I, I, when Stefan asked me, do you know who this is? And do you know what he said? And I said, I don't know who it is, but I know exactly what he fucking said. Because I saw that headline and I'm like, okay, let's, let's get always, into it, man. It's great to tell your employers to suck your dick. You know, it's just always great to have that on video. Um, that was fun. It made me laugh. Young kid says stupid thing. Oh, well. Um, but back, uh, you know, I, I, went, I went down to uh, SoCal, ate a lot of good food. Me and Bob were talking about Mexican food in San Diego. If you've never been, you gotta. It's delicious. Um, but I saw a concert there. Um, Eric Nam, he is a American-born uh, K-pop singer. Really good if you're into the genre. You know, I've kind of preached it. Um, his opening act, though, is an American artist that I've been listening to for a while named Phoebe Ryan. Uh, kind of a dream pop vocalist. Really cool music. Um, I've been a fan of her for years. I met her when she was kind of starting out in San Francisco back in, like, 2015. Um, cool just seeing her tour, getting her name around. A lot of the people in the crowd really dug her. 
Um, last Friday, I was a part of the clusterfuck of people that got My Chemical Romance tickets. Um, Emo Stefan is very excited for this concert I bought tickets to in October. Um, it'll be a great time in about nine to ten months, so um, that's fun. Um, and in the next couple of days, I am entering another clusterfuck of a buying situation. Um, and that is, I am going for BTS tickets, who are playing two days in a row at Levi's Stadium. Um, and watch me still not be able to get a goddamn ticket. Uh, I like music. I like going to shows. It's fun. Check that's gonna out. that's gonna be a zoo. I know enough to know those motherfuckers are very popular. You are gonna have a very difficult time with that one. You're I gonna, am. You you were pretty angry with the Ticketmaster this past time. You might throw your computer. Yeah, for I mean, what I'm banking on right now, uh, I signed up just because we're trying to get as many chances as we can at this. But um, one of my homegirls, she's got the global fan membership, which is seventy dollars. Um, to get a pre-sale access code, but that isn't guaranteed. Oh, Stefan anyway. signing up for Stefan signing so. up for the BTS version of UFC Fight Club. What kind of yeah. what kind of lanyard are they gonna mail your ass now for yourself? You get a sweet box. It's got a galaxy. You get the light stick. You know, it's great, man. Um, all right. Um, so I got uh two things. So this is uh for the wrestling heads out there. So John Moxley has been rocking an eye patch for a couple weeks now. Because uh, Jericho hit him with a spike. Yeah, wrestling is better than the stuff you like. Never forget. But there's been a lot of fan art with uh, John Moxley dressed as the big boss from, I figure Mark would appreciate this, from uh, the Metal Gear Solid series. So people are having a lot of fun with that. And he is really leaving. Like, he has not torn, taken his eye patch off for weeks. Like, they went on a cruise and he was doing karaoke. Like, I was watching drunk John Moxley. Uh, doing care, doing uh, was it living on a prayer or something while wearing this eye patch? This man is committed to his character, um, and I appreciate that quite frankly. Um, a lot of people don't want to break kayfabe. A lot of people break kayfabe, and Moxley's not. He's he's wearing that eye patch. He's gonna ride it out. Um, and I, and this is just for me and Mike. There was a trailer that dropped this past weekend for Fast and the Furious Nine, and Mike, did you see it or not? Bobby, I for sure saw it. Did you and see the end? You some, let me tell you something. It was like a really weird roller coaster in that for me, the roller coaster was just going down, down, down. <laughs> like, man, they, like I know we've said this maybe about three Fast and Furious ago, but I thought, holy shit, they are really fucking jumping the shark now. Wow. This well, I mean, first of all, the most ridiculous incredibly, thing. Like, ridiculous first of all can i call you out on that mike because you really like that spinoff where there was a black super soldier that was incredible how is this jumping how is this jumping the shark if that was must see well first of all Stefan, you know but here's the other thing as well there was no rock there's no rock in this movie there's no jason statham uh wait wait one second at one point they mike one second let me tell Stefan the most ridiculous part sorry the biggest part that they've gone off to change stuff on is that the main bad guy is John Cena. John Cena's been a good guy since like 2004. And after all these years, he has a heel turn. It's the most unrealistic thing in this whole fucking movie. No, the most unrealistic thing is that that's, that's Vin <laughs> Diesel's brother in the oh, goddamn he's movie. he's playing Vin Diesel's brother. That's good too. <laughs> Can I ask you a question since you guys are uh, caught up on the, uh, the uh, canon of Fast and Furious? Why is Sung Kang alive now? 
Oh, Stefan! Oh just, my God, yo, you just bl- you, you just blew the biggest reveal. That was a, that, that was that was the best that, part of the that, trailer. That's the new part of the trailer is that what the I, guy who was, was dead saying, is alive now. Nobody I was dies. To get at Steph. What I was trying to get at Steph was that the whole trailer was just disappointing for me. And then right at the end, fucking Han shows up, and I literally went out just yes. I literally, back, I, baby. I was telling Drew, and I'm like, yeah, Han's alive. And Drew just turns to me and goes, "Didn't he blow up?" And I'm like, I guess fucking not. He's back alive now. Well, okay, I think I guess that explains the plot hole of we're all, why we're all hanging out with Jason Statham because he didn't kill him. He didn't oh, kill him. Oh, this is this is maybe. the rule of Fast and the Furious. Everybody's a bad guy, and then two movies later, they're all part of the the part of the family. Yo, and they're drinking Coronas, right? Uh, maybe maybe that's why they didn't mourn um, Giselle or Han. Because the family knows they're actually alive. The only so person. When Gis- so when Giselle's done making Wonder Woman movies, yo, Giselle is coming back in like Fast and Furious 15. Yo, for it. I love these movies and I don't give a shit. They're so ridiculous. They have a fan fest, they're having a convention. I was telling Mark, they waited too long to put Vin Diesel into a Marvel movie and he's like, fuck this. I'm making my own shit. So he's like, we're going to do a 10 movie franchise, which this whole. Fast and the Furious started from an article in the LA Times about street racing in Los Angeles. That's where this started. And like, I remember seeing that movie, right? Movie came out. I saw it in theaters and then I ran home for the NBA draft. And, I remember. And also, um, what you think is the most ridiculous scene in the movie, I thought you were going to mention the fact that at one point, Dom drives off a goddamn cliff. Yeah. And somehow, like, grapple hooks his car. Yes, that happens. I, I would assume they eventually get to the other side with the car grapple hook. I'm just going to say this, and this is that last movie. I remember being halfway through it saying, man, I miss Paul Walker. The movies are not the same without Paul Walker. Just it's weird. I did, For movies that are just ridiculous, Paul Walker was a really important part. But we'll see. John Cena's the big bad guy in this one. Good to see John Cena getting a check. But yeah, that was the stuff I like. A man wearing an eye patch to look like a, like a fan art from a video game, and a Fast Nine, really just going lowbrow this week, folks. Um, Mike, what do you got? Because I know I knew you'd be excited for Step on Bear. Fucking just killed the Han part, but I knew you'd be excited. That just shows he's not a Fast fan, like we. I didn't know it was a reveal. I figured he was brought back in the previous one. That's why he's in the new trailer. Oh no, he just put it in the trailer, and he's always eating food for some reason. <laughs> Well, we learned in Fast uh, 5 that that is something he does because uh, he used to be a smoker. So he has to be doing something with his hands. That's right. Mike knows the lore, folks. All right. Anyway, what do you got this week, buddy? <laughs> uh, what I got this week is an anime which I binge watched the first season of on um, on Netflix uh, called Kakeguri. It's an anime about a high school where the way you get prestige isn't from academic prowess or academic or athletic achievements it's from how well you gamble and the ones that are the best gamblers in the school are part of the student council and they have unlimited powers and those who are in the bottom hundred are called um pets um the guys are called uh, fido and the women are called mittens and they're basically treated as slaves. And this one transfer student comes into the the high school and she basically starts upending shit because she is fucking crazy 
and just loves gambling for the sake of it. And she starts beating a bunch of the student council members with, uh, you know, eccentric methods. Um, it's a weird show. And I've Mike, what do they gamble on? They playing cards or? Yeah, that, I was going to say, I didn't understand that part. Yeah. <laughs> no. So none of the things have been, you know, your traditional blackjack or Texas Hold'em. It's always weird gambling games that like the students have created themselves. For example, in an episode I just saw earlier today, um, one of the people that's on this student council, she's also a Japanese pop idol. And the gambling game they had to play was revolved around um, pop idol stuff and betting money as well. Weird. Fair yes, enough. I agree. Um, Kakiguri. Kakiguri. Check that out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've realized the stuff we've gotten so far is Stefan talking about concerts he's going to go to, me telling people to watch, to look for a man on an eye patch, a fan art. And. I mean, a movie that's going to come out in six months, and Mike has Mike's given us only real things so far. People can actually check out. Uh, I, I, I went. I, I'm not just going to. I went to a concert. I pitched two artists. Okay, I'm sorry. About? I'm sorry. About? Um, Marcus, what do you got this week, brother? Yeah, um, light week, not a ton, uh, but I did start watching um, this show that came on Cartoon Network last year called Primal. Uh, this is from Gendry Gendy Tortovsky which I probably absolutely butchered his name, but a uh, dude's a master in animation. Um, best known for creating Dexter's Laboratory, probably best known for Samurai Jack. He also did the Star Wars Clone Wars animated series, and now Primal is kind of his return to animation. Um, I only watched the first episode. I think there's only like six or seven, and they are fairly short. Uh, but if, you, if you've ever seen Samurai Jack, um, I think that's really where uh, Gendy really got his kind of narrative storytelling chops, where... Very little dialogue. Uh, I mean, honestly, Samurai Jack reminds me a lot of Batman the Animated Series where there's not a lot of dialogue. You don't really need the dialogue. Everything's conveyed through tone uh, and vibe through the scenes and animation. And uh, Primal really follows that. You're basically following a caveman. And I mean, uh, the the plot or the the basic uh, pilot episode is essentially a T-Rex. When he's off hunting, a T-Rex goes and eats his whole family. And now he's on a revenge tour, and then he thinks he finds a T-Rex, but it's a different T-Rex, and the T-Rex that killed his family kills this T-Rex's family, and the only ones left is the T-Rex's mom, and they kind of, you know, in epic fashion, team up to try to kill this T-Rex, and that's kind of where the first episode ends. That's all I've seen so far, but uh, he has a real knack of just, like I said, fantastic storytelling with very little dialogue. Everything's basically conveyed through facial expressions, mood, tone um, of the scenes, and then just, you know, some of the best animated action, you know, even I even count, an, you know, Japanese animation into that. He just has a fantastic flair for using really interesting shot selection and storyboarding when he's conveying these. I mean, you look at Samurai Jack and there's a lot of close ups to the sword just slowly getting unseathed and fantastic sound design. I always thought the sound the sound design in Dexter's Laboratory was fantastic. Even that show had really great action scenes. So he just really has a knack. For those aspects of 2D animation and everything's on display with Primal. I mean, I think it's some of his best work. And uh, what's interesting, I don't know if you guys ever saw when he left doing 2D animation, he did the Hotel Transylvania movies, which I never had any interest in. Um, but, but, you know, after hearing the fact that he did it, I looked into it and they seem to be well received. I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but uh, I might be slightly interested just because I love how this guy creates narrative. And I think that 
movie is probably very different from his animated series. But uh, yeah, the guy's just masterclass. You know, there's really, and you can tell because in this anime, it's Genji Tortrovsky's primal. They know what sells this cartoon is this dude. If you know this dude, you know this guy's work. He does fantastic uh, stuff in the 2D animation world. Um, and he's probably my favorite Ruski. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Your favorite Ruski? I don't got a lot. I couldn't think of any other. So he's top of the list, baby. Mark just ignoring. You're, you're meaning here. Russians, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. We what don't like on, Mark doesn't like Fedor on this uh, MMA podcast. I was gonna oh, say yeah, Fedor is cool too. He didn't, uh, didn't draw a bunch of cool badass cartoons though. When so. uh, when does what is this on, Marcus? You said uh, you it, it was on? on Cartoon Network. Uh, I mean, it's aired and done. I bought it on YouTube. You know, the Play Store. Um, yeah, I think you can pretty much pick it up anywhere. I don't know if it's on Hulu or anything. Some of these Cartoon it's only Network five shows. episodes. Um, I think it was like. Six or eight. It's not a lot. They're short series, which is very reminiscent of when he did the Star Wars Clone Wars series, which was the animated series, not the 3D animated one. Very short, con- concise episodes. But look at the dude's Wikipedia page. Like he's he's swimming in Emmys for all these oh, shows. So he's the, done, you, so. you saw the movie or you didn't see the movie? What movie? There's a, there's a movie about the series. Primal. It's called Primal Tales of Savagery. It's a it's it's nominated for oh. an Oscar. No, I just saw the animated series. If that's part of it, well, because I'm reading it. Well, it says that there's one season and five episodes. So I think you. What did oh, you watch? One of them might have been, been the movie. Yeah, it Pro- might have been. So yeah, it's nominated. I, I mean, it's nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, so, I, like uh, I said, this dude's swimming in awards because people know this dude. That that's why they put his name on the fucking titles. Like, if you know who this guy is, you know he does quality. Yeah, and Stephon, I, I concur. Which which Pixar movie is he going to lose to instead? In the, um, uh, the other? Pixar is uh, weak. It's a movie that no one's heard of and no one's seen, apparently, that's been taking all the uh, sub-awards and the lead-up to us. It's called yeah, Claws. No one, so, no, I don't know a single person who's so seen these it are nominees. or even it came out. So Toy Story 4 is winning, you're saying? So no, the nominees Toy Story are, 4 has not won a damn thing so far. It's, okay, the nominees are... What the... F- I, okay, well, first of all, that thing lied to me. Where's this thing listed? Well, now, I'm not, now it's not even listed as Best Animated Feature. Somebody lied. Okay, anyway... Um, unless it's a short, is it short? It probably would fall under that. There, what I saw, which could very well have been this little movie thing, because it was like the first episode was twenty minutes tops. Like a lot of his stuff is not. I mean, besides Samurai Jack, which was like a full fledged show, not a lot of his stuff is super long. Um, All right, it, it, was, it was it was it was submitted. It did not get nominated. There we go. There well, we that's go. a shame. <laughs> um, but in case you guys are curious, where the nominees are, Toy Story Four is nominated along with Klaus, Missing Link. I lost my body and how to train your dragon, the hidden world. We're just going with sequels now, huh? That's how you get nominated. If your sequel gets nominated, to make it animated. Um, anyway, um, I think that's it. I just want to say a tip of the hat to, um, gentleman Derek Nandi of the Kansas City Chiefs for picking up the adoption fee for at a dog shelter in Kansas City for literally everybody. Uh, 91 oh, really? dogs, 91 dogs. Holy shit, that's we'll a lot of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, does he have a plan for these dogs? Or? No, he's like, people. whoever comes in, he's paying the adoption. Oh, uh, okay, that's cool. Okay. So uh, and they normally go for about 150 at the Kansas City Pet Project. So um, that was really uh, was really good of him to do. So, um, man, it is like 1030 on the East Coast, and there's no Iowa caucus results. Do they not want people to watch this? Okay, um, thank you all so much for listening. We're going to talk next week. We're going to see if there's a new light heavyweight champion. Stefan thinks there's going to be. The rest of us think Stefan just... 
I don't know. Maybe he hasn't slept enough recently. We'll see. No, he uh, wants gonna... John Jones to lose. That's why he keeps rooting for these underdogs. And we're going to see if Mark owes me $5 or I owe him $5. Because we're true. certainly not going to see K- uh, Chaitlin Caitlin Chukasian as the new champion at Flyweight. Look, I'm really Mark. putting it out there, folks. <laughs> John Jones is unequivocally the greatest of all time. I'm just trying to predict his downfall, okay? Let me have it. Getting them plum points. George St. Pierre. All right, folks. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Um, be back next week. We're going to talk about this fight with Corey Anderson and Jan Blockowitz. They're running it back, brother. They've done it before. None of us remember it, but they're going to do it twice because, fuck it, we got 45 cards to fill out. Um, anyway, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Gooms, and that was DJ and Mark. See you all next week. Peace out. See you, See you guys.